What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to Business on the Brink, a production from iHeartRadio and How Stuff Works. Oprah Winfrey is a name that is synonymous with success. But before she made the talk show and media industry her own, and before she gave out cars like candy, she had a rocky mountain of misfortune to overcome. A traumatic childhood, some missteps along her career path, and some big gambles may have occasionally knocked her down, but never out. This is Oprah on the brink. So, hi, I'm Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Ariel Caston. And this episode comes to us courtesy of a super fan suggestion. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan Strickland. We're listening. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I, when we first started talking about this show and we were talking about companies, I also wanted to make sure that we focused on people, entrepreneurs, various folks in business who have really incredible stories. And Oprah's is definitely one of those. Yeah, so much so that she's been asked to give talks on it and write books about it and, and give life advice from it. Uh, I do want to say, uh, She's had some brink moments throughout, but most of the we're actually starting off with her brink moment, which yeah. is her childhood. Yes. I also want to warn listeners, uh, much like Uber or Hilton, there there is some adult material in this episode. Yeah, there's some there's, some trigger warnings. There's a lot of very dark stuff that happened in her past. I mean, as dark as it gets, really. And we want to make sure you guys are aware of that before we jump into it. We don't want to blindside yeah, you. Yeah, if you're listening with your kids, you may want to yeah. change this, change to the Lego episode. But it is something that Oprah has talked about openly, which is phenomenal. Yes. It's, it's such an incredibly difficult subject to tackle. 
And um, and she, of course, has done it with incredible poise and empathy, as has been the hallmark of her work throughout her career. Yes. So uh, we are going to make sure that we, we're going to talk about it. We're going to try and treat it as respectfully as possible mm-hmm. because it does really ta- tell us a lot about Oprah as a person, someone who is able to overcome a childhood that I think for a lot of people would have been the start to a really ugly descent. Yes, yes. Just something that would plague them throughout their adulthood as well. And it's really inspiring, again, because it's not that it didn't affect her. It's not that she didn't struggle. Mm -hmm. She just always came out the other side better. Yeah. So this is one of those, also a Brink story where we're not talking about something crashing and burning, but rather going to heights that were unimagined. Yes. So we're going to start, and we're going to start by saying that Oprah was born in Mississippi in 1954. We're saying that because it's true. She once described her birth as the result of, and I quote, a one-day fling under an oak tree, end quote. But really, what she means there is her parents were very young. Her father was 20. Her mother was 18. Uh, I think from that description of a one-day fling, you can imagine that this was not a planned pregnancy. No, they weren't married. They never married. They broke up right after her birth. Mm. Uh, Now, she was a very smart child, and she loved reading, and she loved public speaking, both thanks to her grandmother, who saw those talents in her and encouraged them from the age, super young age of two. Yeah. Yeah, so she would start reading books with Oprah, and then she'd take her to church to talk in front of the congregation. I could just imagine Oprah, age two, standing in front of the congregation saying, unaccustomed as I am to public speaking. <laughs> she was so smart that when she requested of her school to skip kindergarten because she was mm-hmm. past that, they agreed. Yeah, they said that, yeah, you are already at reading at a first grade level. Mm-hmm. And then first grade was no challenge, and she would also get to skip second grade. Yes. So she skipped two grades early, early on. Like she was clearly going to be the youngest person in her class, but was so eager to learn that uh, that didn't slow her down at all. Yeah. Now, despite all of these good things, as we said, her childhood was full of of hurdles. Uh, she was living in poverty. Her family was often on welfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to live with her mother after her grandmother passed away. Passed away. Yeah. Uh, she bounced around states living with her mother and her father. And her mom was working at a maid as a time and had another daughter and was struggling to make ends meet and didn't really have time to spend with Oprah or her stepsister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Oprah got sent to live with her dad for a while. And that was good. It, yeah. Yeah. It, but it, it was... I mean, it was it was not a stable experience for a child to have no. all this kind of moving around. Despite that, she was still excelling in many ways. She won $500, a prize money, for giving a speech at the tender age of seven years old. That's pretty awesome. After that, uh, after third grade, I heard, uh, I read conflicting reports. So some said that, she visited her mom. She was sent to visit her mom in the summer mm-hmm. after school and decided to stay there. And some reports say that her mom kind of demanded her back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know which is true, but regardless to say, she went to go live with her mom again. Now, here's where we're getting into our first major trigger warning moment, because when Oprah was just nine years old, she was sexually abused by her cousin. And as it turned out, that was not the only time that would happen to her, she would suffer abuse from uh, 
other friends of the family, actually, mm-hmm. people who were friends with her mom. And, or family. Yeah, and it was, or family members, yeah. And uh, so that was, I can't even begin to process mm-hmm. how traumatic and, that was. And as we said, she couldn't really talk with her mom. Her mom was too busy. She didn't feel comfortable bringing the subject up. These people were close with her mother. Yeah, this, this was a, a source of deep shame for her, mm-hmm. and it wasn't something that she felt she could talk to anyone about. Yeah. Now, despite that, one of her teachers at the time saw how much she loved reading and Mm -hmm. helped her get transferred to an all-white high school, which had its own set of struggles. Obviously. Yeah. 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 And Oprah just obviously was dealing with a whole lot and started acting out. I think Anybody who didn't feel like they had a venue in which they could work through these problems would act out. So. Well, yeah. So she's she's been the victim of abuse and then is going to a prestigious school where she's the only person of color in the school. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, like I can't even, it, it just makes her story all the more remarkable that she faced that and came out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. But during this time, she started stealing dating older men, uh, running away from home. And her mom looked at all of this behavior and instead of saying, how can I help, sent her to live back with her dad in Tennessee. Yeah. But her dad was, it turned out to be the the perfect person to take over from there because he ended up giving her structure and discipline and still love and support too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like she suddenly went to an abusive, like, fairy tale villain father figure he w- he genuinely loved her and supported her but also gave her that structure that she really needed yes. and she began to uh, to she really valued that yeah despite that yeah there was something else that was a huge problem yes uh at 14 she found out she was pregnant Mm-hmm. It was uh, uh, apparently actually the result of one of those cases of abuse yes and she hid this from her parents for most of her pregnancy. Some reports say seven months. One one report I read said that she didn't even tell her dad till she went into labor. Yeah, that, that this was something she was so deeply ashamed of. Again, yeah. not having had any, you know, control in the matter, but feeling like somehow she was to blame for it. Yes. Um, she felt like she could not come forward. And uh, she gave birth to a boy. Early. And he sadly passed away uh, not too long after that in the hospital. He did not survive. Yeah. But despite this, and, and I'm sure there was a mourning period. Oh, no. I mean, she, so uh, I, I don't know if I could talk about this without crying. Um, in a later interview, she was in Australia and they actually asked her, uh, did she ever consider uh, naming the boy? And she said that she hadn't at the time, but later when she was uh, talking with someone, they brought this up. And so she decided to name her child. Uh, and his name was Canaan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, now I'm crying. Well, we're uh, both softies. And yes. I mean, this is, again, a very emotional story. It is. Um, but here's here's the thing, though. After this, she, you know, she didn't let it stop her. And and this is the turning point for all of the wonderful things in her life and all of the growth that she has seen and all of the amazing contributions she's 
given to society. And we will talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and dry our eyes. Yeah. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So, as we said before the break, while we were getting all weepy, uh, Oprah had a lot on her plate, emotionally speaking, right? She had the death of her son, which clearly was going to be an enormous impact on her life. But she also had this stable uh, influence on her with her father. Yeah. And she was able to come back after this terrible experience and really apply herself in her schoolwork. And she credits her father for that, for mm-hmm. all of his support. Yeah, she joined honor roll. She got on the honor roll. She became the president of her school student council. She won a college scholarship in an oratory contest. She attended the White House Conference on Youth in 1971. And she was asked to represent a local radio station in a misfire prevention pageant, which she won. Yeah, this is where I learned that there's a misfire prevention pageant. Me too. Uh, she also would spend some time getting some valuable work experience that 
uh, taught her that she did not like it. Yes. She worked at a grocery store. Uh, her father worked in the barber shop next door. And she says that uh, the experience was terrible, largely because she was told not to talk to customers. And if there's one thing that we've learned about Oprah already, before we even get into her incredible success in her career, she loves talking to people. Yes, yes. And also, my mom worked for a while as a as a grocery store cashier. Uh-huh. And her favorite part of the job was talking to people. Yeah. So, and I know when I go to the store, now some people don't like being talked to, but I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Some people who are behind you sometimes get a little irritated yeah. too. Yeah. I get that. So she didn't she clearly needed to be in a in a world where she was going to be talking with people, not prevented from doing so. Yes, but luckily that was right around the corner. She got a part-time job reading news for the same radio station that she had Guessed represented. It on, right. Yeah. Um and she got that job while she was still in high school. Yep. And uh, she graduated high school a year early. No big surprise there. Nope. <laughs> um, and she started in college and she was uh, majoring in communications. And uh, she was pretty active outside of her schoolwork, too. Yeah. She won Miss Black Tennessee and Miss Tennessee and kept her job throughout college. Yep. And they moved her from radio news anchor to TV news anchor. So she went from being a voice on the radio to actually having a presence on television news. Yeah, when when she was 19, mm-hmm. uh, she actually turned the job down twice. And one of her teachers said, no, this is what people go to college for, is to yeah. get jobs like this. Take the job. Yeah, she was saying, well, if I take this job, I'm going to have to drop out of college because I can't maintain a college, you know, career as well. And also taking a, a career a anchor, in yeah. television. And it, it is kind of funny because it, it shows one how much she values education, Mm -hmm. the fact that she had turned the job down twice. But it's also funny because when you have your professor saying, why are you going to college? It's so you can get a job, right? Well, this is the job you're meant for, and they're offering it to you now, so you can actually bypass the rest of the college part and get the job. That's actually something that I'm seeing more and more. That's why a lot of people are going to trade schools nowadays, Mm -hmm. because a college degree doesn't necessarily mean a job. And in some fields like programming or IT, experience can mean more than that college degree. Sure, yeah. Because technology changes so quickly. At this point, I would like to go back to college just for the experience of learning because I love it so much. Me too. But without without the goal of, you know, this is so that I can land a job once I get out. If I could go back to college without having to write essays, I would be so happy. You kind of do it every week for the show. I know. So I don't need to do that in college, <laughs> well, right? <laughs> let's get back to Oprah. So she decides she will take this job, which was land-breaking, right? Yeah. Like this was this was an incredible uh, thing because she would become Nashville's first African-American female news co-anchor and the youngest one on top yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, in 76, she switched stations and states and started working at an ABC affiliate in Maryland. She had been working for a CBS affiliate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was there also as a news anchor. And the studio said, this is great. We're going we're gonna to push her arrival to the show uh, to broaden our viewership. But that was just the public face. Yeah, so they were trying to leverage her to get more viewers, a more diverse group of viewers in the Maryland area. But at the same time, there were issues going on behind the scenes. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that you would suspect, you know, things like 
You had uh, various types of harassment based on the fact that she is black. That she's, she's a woman. woman. Yeah. There's also that she would tend to come across as being too empathetic or sympathetic on camera, according to the other uh, producers and news anchors, yeah. that, that she was getting too emotionally involved in the stories. And the prevailing view was that news anchors needed to maintain kind of an emotional distance from the stories they were covering. I mean, Oprah thought it was a bad fit herself because she she felt like she was exploiting the people she was talking to when she was interviewing them and discussing their tra- trauma and their tragedy. Yeah, can you tell me what it felt like when your husband died? Yeah, like yeah. That kind of stuff. So, so maybe it was a boon when after seven months they demoted her for lack of objectivity. Telling, yes. Although they shouldn't. They shouldn't have said that she was unfit for television news. That's that's a little mean. Yeah. So she wasn't a good fit for their version of TV news. And so it turns out like this is one of the stories that everyone points to, like Oprah herself got fired before mm-hmm. she found her great success. Fired is probably too strong a word, but they were trying to find a better fit for her. And so that fit ended up being a move to a morning talk show rather than a news show. Yeah, it was called People Are Talking, and she was hired as a co-host to interview celebrities. And she loved it. Yeah. She would stay on with that show for almost a decade, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And other people loved her so much that she was offered her a show in Chicago called AM Chicago, her own show. Yes. So she would no longer be a co-host featured on a show. She actually was the key person. It was her show. Yes. And um, and it turns out that people liked it. Yeah. In less than a year, it became the most popular talk show in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it turns out that the traits that had made her quote-unquote unfit to be a news anchor were exactly the ones that audiences were connecting with on her talk show, which admittedly different format, right? You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not relating the news in a talk show format. But uh, Oprah would address her guests with sort of a, 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 an openness and empathy that became her trademark throughout her career. And she wasn't tied down to having to be sort of this emotionless, objective. Yeah personality on the news. And and looking at her career and looking at the 25 years she had the Oprah Winfrey show, which we'll get into in a second, she still talked with people about trauma. She still talked with them about tragedy, but she was able to do so in a way that sympathized. Yeah. It it almost came across as being a therapeutic experience Mm -hmm. as opposed to like this terrible thing happened to you. Tell us all about it so that we can get ratings. Yes. Uh, And so... By the end of her first year in Chicago under this show, uh, she she had made a pretty penny. Yeah, around $30 million. That's, that's, a, that's lot. a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and they changed the name of the show, smartly, to the Oprah Winfrey Show. And thus history is made. Mm-hmm. And so it, it remained a, a, a regional show for a couple of years. Yes, until 86. When the show went national, she arranged that she would own the show at that point. Um, Very wise. So this is also another hallmark of Oprah's success. It's not just that she had great drive and she was so, uh, like, she just loved talking to people so much, but that she had, and still does, have incredible business instincts and and, uh, acumen. 
Yeah. And, you know, she started her own production company around this time, Harpo Productions. Harpo being Oprah backwards. Yes. And during all this, in 85, she was in the color purple and got nominated for an Academy Award. Right. So not coming from an acting background. Although she has done plenty of it. Yes. Well, yes. Since then, especially. But, you know, she wasn't she wasn't coming from the world of theater or the world of the silver screen. You know, she was known for her news and talk show mm-hmm. work, but not like not like acting, which is a different skill set. Yeah. But she clearly was quite good at that as well. Yes. So over the course of the show's year, she had lots of topics. She had some really impressive interviews. She had one with uh, Michael Jackson, which was an incredibly hard interview to land. Yeah. Because he didn't like talking with people. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and others. Um, and she even won more than one Daytime Emmy Award. Yes, quite a few, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so skip ahead. Like, we could, if we went year by year, it would just be, and she continued to totally kill it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so by the middle of the 90s, she was worth $345 million and was uh, was cited as being the most a wealthy woman, the richest woman in the entertainment industry. Yes. And throughout the 90s and 2000s, she continued to act. She wrote best-selling books and diet books. She started a woman-focused production company, Oxygen Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started a website. A book club. Yep, which uh, has been... So I know tons of authors. We both know tons of authors. Yes. And, and we know how how big a a boost it is to be featured on Oprah Winfrey's book club to get that mm-hmm. because she's such a trusted name that when people saw her talking about a book, they would go out and buy copies of that book. It was almost a guarantee to get on the bestseller list. Yes. That, that book club has also grown to astronomical heights. Yeah. Uh, she's also started many charities. Uh, the Angel Network, which she's donated millions of dollars to and has it has also raised millions of dollars. She started the Oprah Winfrey Foundation and the Oprah Winfrey Operating Foundation. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, she worked to have the National Child Protection Act passed. And this act, which some people call the Oprah Bill, um, created a nationwide database of convicted child abusers as a way to help kids to keep them from going through the same thing she went through as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was the whole idea of protecting children. And by the 2000s, uh, this is going to sound like a brink moment. Oprah was no longer a millionaire. Da, but, da, da, da. but it wasn't a brink moment like that because she was a freaking billionaire. That was my air horn. I like it. Yeah. It was very convincing. Thank you. And she went back to her original roots in her career line, not yep. by opening a grocery store, but <laughs> by starting a radio channel. Yeah, on XM Radio. Yeah. And uh, she also launched the o- the Oprah Magazine uh, periodical that year. Yes. And um, that's where everything stopped, right? No. <laughs> no. By 2003, her book club became the largest in the world, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed. And in 2005, she made number one on the Forbes Power Celebrity List. And we're not quite done with Oprah just yet because there's so many more accomplishments to talk about. But we'll do that right after we take this quick break. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, so Oprah dominated in the talk show scene. Like, there are certain names that you can rattle off for talk shows, like Oprah Winfrey, Ricky Lake. Montel Williams. Montel Williams, Geraldo Rivera, <laughs> you know. You know, you, she, you had Jerry Springer, but, but, but. She was the most popular. And she was the one who was not, like, a lot of those talk show hosts, not all of them, but Jerry Springer, certainly. Uh, were known for almost a circus-like kind mm-hmm. of atmosphere. Like, it, it felt like it was playing to the lowest common denominator. And Oprah was more about trying to connect with an audience on a more genuine, sincere level. Yes. That was her goal. Whether she accomplished it all the time or not is a matter of debate. I would say that the person who I think most kind of emulated her her approach in talk shows might be Ellen DeGeneres. Maybe, which is who extent. replaced her yeah. in 2011 af- when Oprah retired after 25 seasons of the Oprah Winfrey show. Yeah, so she had been incredibly successful, but she felt that it was time to step back and do some other stuff. Yes, but she was really nice about it. I wouldn't call this succession planning so much as allowing people a grieving period. Yeah. She warned viewers that she would be leaving the show Two years early. Two years early in 2009. Yeah. So it wasn't like one day you go to the Oprah Winfrey taping and she's just like, oh, so by the way, I'm done. And then <laughs> this like, is my last like episode. Bombshell. Peace, y'all. No, she, gave, she gave people plenty of warning. This is also, that those two years were also when we saw some of the most extravagant giveaways mm-hmm. during her her uh, show. There's like, you get a car and you, you get, get a, a car. car. Yeah, that, that whole thing came from that era as well. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't the end for Oprah, obviously. She's yeah. still doing things. Uh, Plenty of things. She started her own TV network 
called OWN. Yep. The Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh Uh-huh. In partnership with my old employer, Discovery Media. Yes. That was a a couple of owners ago when How Stuff Works was part of Discovery Media. And I remember seeing that we were also part of the same family as OWN and uh, thinking, does this mean I get to meet Oprah? It did not. Yes. Well, Discovery Media invested hundreds of millions of dollars in this company. Mm -hmm. And Oprah did too. At this time, she was worth $3 billion, (laughs) I want to say. $3 billion. And the goal of the network (laughs) was to be full of meaningful, mindful, and creative programming. Yeah. Now, it was not a mega blockbuster hit right Mm -hmm. out of the gate. No. The first year had really poor ratings and programming that just didn't do great. They were doing a lot of one-offs and documentaries and, yeah. and and heartfelt pieces, but they didn't really have series that people could invest in and watch for seasons. Yeah, where you'd go and tune in episode after episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the second year, staff was changed up. They brought in experts from Oprah's production team. They brought in Discovery uh, media experts, and mm. then Oprah herself became more hands-on. Um, some stuff says that she just didn't know how to run a network per se at the mm-hmm. beginning of it. There were, there were some holes in knowledge there. Well, I mean, I, I would imagine like anything, if you're going into a brand new thing, there's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a, a learning curve that you're going to have to hit yes. and owning a network seems like it's a pretty steep curve. Yes. And they spent a lot more money on the channel by the end of the turnaround, about $500 million, And they partnered with Tyler Perry to bring in those series that people would tune in for and mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. And by mid-2012, ratings were on the rise. And they were looking, hoping to be cash positive by mid-2013. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was something actually that ended up being a bit of a blow to Oprah just because it didn't come easily. Yeah. Uh, she had, not not to say that, you know, Everything has to come easily to her for it to be satisfying. But it was new to her to have an experience where she was tackling something and it didn't go as well as she had planned right off the bat. Yeah, it said that it made her her question her confidence and and even sent her into a bit of a depression. But as you see, she worked to make this instead of saying, well, this didn't work. I'm out. It's a bad idea. She worked to make the network successful and she came out of her depression and... Uh, she launched back into the Forbes list of most powerful celebrities in 2013. Mm -hmm. In 2015, she would buy up 10% of Weight Watchers uh, in a partnership with the company, and she also became one of the spokespeople for Weight Watchers. And uh, she also had her own $42 million custom jet. And multiple homes in multiple places, including one in Georgia, where we record. And she even has a street named after her. I have not been invited over to her house yet. Me which, neither. Considering that I didn't ever get a chance to meet her when we were both part of Discovery, <laughs> I think is a massive oversight on her part. Jonathan, I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Anyhow, uh, in 2018, Oprah received a Lifetime Golden Globe Award. Mm-hmm. Lifetime Achievement. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, she then invested in a chain of restaurants what yeah healthy healthy food restaurants uh just to expand outside of just media oh yeah you know because you don't want to i mean you're three billion dollars you don't want to just rest i mean you're invested in weight watchers you're invested you've written books about 
eating healthy and living healthy. So you're invested in healthy options. For people. I, I get the feeling that this is coming from a genuine place too. It's yeah. like not just like here's an opportunity to make money, but here's an opportunity to promote a lifestyle that can help people. Yes. Yeah. Also in June of 2018, she signed a deal to create content for Apple. Mm. Now, starting this year, the year of 2019, uh, her worth had dropped a bit. She was down to $2.6 billion. So I guess, you know, things are tight. <laughs> I mean, it's still not too shabby. No, not at all. Not at all. So here's some some uh, lessons that Ariel's put together based upon what we've learned of Oprah and her life. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of them just saying that, you know, if if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. But also it's important to realize what your calling is and work for it. Yeah. So if you find something you truly love, work towards that. Yeah. It's yeah. not always going to be easy. Yeah, you're not necessarily guaranteed to succeed right away. You're not even guaranteed to succeed at all. You can work very hard and not succeed. But if it's if it's pursuing something you truly love, then it is often worth the effort, even if the end destination isn't what you had planned, what you had in mind. Yeah. Um, I think that's good advice because, uh, you know, she's saying like hard work is part of it. Being passionate about what you want to do is another part of it. And being realistic is a third part. And you have yeah. to keep all those things in balance. Also, it's important to realize when it's time to move on to the next thing. We've talked about so many companies where they keep trying to reinvent their own wheel. Yeah. You know, they they have a success and instead of finding the next success, they just keep trying to revitalize. Yeah, let's let's put it out but in a different color. And yeah. it's going to it's going to revitalize the entire company. Yeah. And so I think Oprah actually took this from Michael Jackson from an interview someone was talking about Michael Jackson where they said he saw the success of Thriller and he spent the rest of his life chasing that phenomenon and she didn't want to spend the rest of her life chasing the phenomenon of the Oprah Winfrey show. Mm. So she realized it was time to move on to something else and new and exciting. And she had a passage in a in her book, The Seeds, that you particularly liked. Yes. Uh, she said, your life is not static. Every decision, every setback or triumph is an opportunity to identify the seeds of truth that make you the wondrous human being that you are. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't, this is her life lesson. I can't say it better than her. Yeah. So we definitely wanted to to cover Oprah because of her remarkable achievements and her amazing story, like just where she came from and where she ended up. Yeah. And um, and I think, you know, that kind of story, it's very inspiring. I hope that other people for generations find it inspiring and find it a way to kind of fuel their own efforts. Mm -hmm. to achieving equal, maybe different, but equal uh, uh, amazing heights in whatever they chase. And we'll be sure to be, you know, we'll, we'll cover other individuals like we've done, we did with Conrad Hilton and now mm -hmm. with Oprah Winfrey, but we'll, we'll likely cover some other folks too. You know, obviously I think at some point we'll have to talk about Steve Jobs because yeah. he's so synonymous with technology and success and and his story is also remarkable. I mean, you're talking about a person who founded a company, got kicked out of the company, came back to the company and then turned it around. Um, not by himself, but that's kind of how the narrative goes. Yeah. But if there are other people in business or just other businesses that you would love us to cover in the brink, you know, these, these stories of incredible triumph or incredible failure, 
that you think are valuable and people need to know more about, you should send us an email and let us know what those are. So what's the email address, Ariel? Well, the email address is feedback at the brink podcast dot show. And Ariel reads all of them. I do. And then she tells me about them. And then I respond to all of them. Yes. Ariel actually is very good at this. And that's one of the many reasons why I'm so thankful to have her as my co-host. Seriously, you guys, your emails are like the best part of my day, other than recording with Jonathan, of course. Oh, you're so sweet. So keep sending those emails because she only gets to record with me like once a week. So it's the only thing that's sustaining her, people. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Also, you can go to our website. That's thebrinkpodcast.show. There you're going to find an archive of all of our past episodes, as well as links to uh, information about us, And uh, you can go check that out. It's pretty cool, especially if you want to make sure that whatever suggestion you have hasn't already been covered by us on the show. And that's it for this week. I have been Jonathan Strickland. And I've been Ariel Kasten. Business on the Brink is a production of iHeartRadio and How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.